On this episode, the Digital Dollar Project lays out the path for an American CBDC, that central bank-backed digital currency. Is it time for the greenback to give way for a new digital kid in town? Appliance giant LG joins Hedera Hashgraph. And blockchain for gamers enter EngineCraft and its blockchain wallets for Minecraft, while in China... Blockchain might just be the cure to address its gaming addiction problem. Welcome to The Current Forecast, the podcast supplemental that dives into the top blockchain and emerging technology stories of the week, curated by the Forecast News editorial team. Welcome to episode 15, first week of June 2020. I'm Angie Lau, Forecast News Editor-in-Chief. Joining me as usual is Senior Correspondent Sam Reynolds and our Forecast Insights Guru. Sam, how's it hanging? It's going well. No COVID, no nothing, just peace, calm, and quiet. Man, I uh, can't say the same with what's happening in America right now. Uh, speaking of which, let's uh, dive into our first story here. The digital dollar white paper. So Christopher Giancarlo, the ex-CFTC head and now head of Digital Dollar Foundation, uh, just launched the digital dollar white paper along with uh, uh, an interview with yours truly. It was a very candid interview, and I, I encourage our audience to go hop over to that after you've wrapped up this podcast here. But this is very interesting, Sam, because we've talked often about China and they're in their trial phase right now. We've seen glimpses of leaked. Uh, apps on people's mobile phone in those cities that are being trialed right now in China. Whereas in America, there seems to be crickets when it comes down to the CBDC, but no longer. Tell us about uh, the developments here um, as you see them. Right. So with this white paper, it really lays out their thesis and ideas of the value that a CBDC would bring to the U.S. And my thoughts after reading this is, do we really need a digital dollar in the U.S.? Because the U.S. dollar is already the leader in things like remittances. It's already the leader in things like supplements. What value would this dollar bring to the USD, right? Why do you have to digitize said dollar when the U.S. already has leadership in, you know, having their currency as the preemptive, the you know, prominent mechanism for deals. So I'm just not quite clear at where the value is right now. And that's where I disagree with you, Sam. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, for fear of aging us, but we're going to do it anyway. It's like the Sony Walkman was was the market leader. Uh, everybody wanted it. And then suddenly music got digitized and an entire marketplace got disrupted, not only hardware, uh, d replaced by software, but even the music industry was completely upended. And that was because of digital transformation of said industry, where one could argue in the very same way, you know, it's a market leader, millions of people love it around the world. You know, why disrupt this? Well, sometimes when, when there's more efficiency uh, that technology provides, the the fear is that you know if if you don't keep up with it you could end up like the walkman or worse yet kodak 
Well, where I see value actually uh, is not perhaps with the dollar being digitized, but things like Swift. So Swift is an archaic system that is used to message, that you, the banks use to message each other to signify that, okay, bank A has sent bank B currency. So an open ledger could definitely uh, add value there. Having banks not rely on things like Swift anymore, but as far as most Americans are concerned, I don't think that there is a need right now for more efficiencies, right? If you would pull Americans, they'd say, well, you know, bank fees are high, that's for sure. But the fact is, I can send cash to other people almost instantly, and there's not that pain point right now. There are use cases as well uh, with giving people access to real-time raw settlements. For instance, if you are a realtor, you could have the cash for that house sent over quite quickly to someone else without having to rely on the bank as an intermediary. But for most people, there's not that uh, use case. I'm going to make you say that five times really fast. Uh, I know. <laughs> Just, but look, I, I mean, I beg to differ on that pain point. Okay, sure. So there are certainly um, uh, platforms out there that charge you as low as 3 4% for a transaction. But if you're unbanked, if you, if you don't have a bank account and you're forced to pay um, you know, high percentages on, uh, for remittances, you know, to families, you know, in different countries and different nations and, and you're part of the lower income class, that that's really significant, isn't it? It certainly is. And perhaps that's a use case for blockchain. So Tether is actually a good use case for this, right? So a bank in Indonesia, one of the biggest banks there has invested heavily in Tether because they are reliant on remittances and they see value in having this market disrupted so that people can send money over to their uh, family and friends from the US. But that is a use case for blockchain and tracking it via a ledger, but not perhaps a digital dollar. But, you know, and, and we've talked about stimulus dollars that, that are languishing in people's uh, or, or people are waiting for it. Um, and uh, right now they're they're doing an all call out for COBOL programmers. I mean, isn't that a, an, another very direct use case of, you know, where digital dollar could create efficiencies? Just don't tell Trump you can actually sign <laughs> these uh, with a digital signature. <laughs> okay. All right, let's jump to our next story here. Hedera Hashgraph, uh, this is one of the DLT uh, protocols, uh, just got another addition to its governing council, and, and it's LG. This is the appliance giant LG. They make uh, everything from well, all your favorite electronics uh, from Asia, and uh, it's following uh, Japan's Nomura to join the governing council at Hedera Hashgraph. And so now the council for Hedera Hashgraph consists of 14 industry leaders, including Google, IBM, and now LG. This is this is an interesting development and, and certainly showing the, the breadth of uh, enterprise usage of, of blockchain technology. 
It certainly is. So in the last few years, there has been a real uptick in demand for having a means to audit your supply chain. Two big things. First of all, uh, Intel, uh, which makes CPUs and processors, they have a move called a conflict-free supply chain. So lots of the rare earth minerals that are used to create a CPU come from uh, Africa and they don't want to have these minerals being used as a commodity to fuel warlords or other kinds of uh, criminals or stuff like that. So they want to track that from chip to dirt and they can do that with things like you know blockchain. The other big issue would be Supermicro. They had that scandal, uh, I believe two years ago, where Bloomberg alleged that they found these um, spy chips in their servers. So again, a great use case for blockchain. You can compare all the parts on what you receive from the company via their list on the blockchain. And that way, you know with certainty that, okay, here are the parts and here is what I have right now. So LG recognizes this you know, for both those use cases. One, to ensure that your supply chain is free of materials that were you know, um, mined in a conflict scenario, and two, to ensure supply chain security, that all these parts come from, you know, vendors that are trusted, that we don't have a vendor with ties to a spy service putting in chips into a computer or to a server or whatever. So I think it's a great use case for blockchain. And I think that LG is doing the right thing here. And I also think it's interesting that now there's this um, almost uh, interoperability of industries where they're they're talking to each other, and the common denominator is how are we using uh, DLT or blockchain technology or or protocol to think about how to conduct business, uh, conduct its enterprise, conduct its services differently. That's true. So if you look at actually the other members of Hashgraph, um, they are telecoms. So things like um, you know carrier billing. If you have a person roaming in one country with DLT and blockchain, you can easily reconcile their charges to their you know parent telecom. Uh, I believe Boeing also is on the list. So again, supply chain security, ensuring that fighter aircraft are made from parts uh, that are U.S. sourced, not from other countries. So I do think it's a great enterprise use case of the technology, and it shows the value in blockchain. All right. Another uh, value in blockchain appears to be in gaming. This is your favorite topic, uh, and certainly one that taps your expertise as a gaming analyst as well. Um, we've seen a 5,000% increase in search volumes on this story as uh, engine uh, it's new engine craft. This is the blockchain uh, wallet that it, it's now being linked to Minecraft. So engine craft, it's a blockchain wallet for players for uh, on Minecraft. Um, Sam, take it away. Oh, is right. this significant so, in your in your in your world there? It is, but uh, to understand why, let's rewind a bit. So, over the last two or three years, the business model for games has changed. It used to be that you buy you know one game for a certain price, and that lasts you for two years of play. 
Now it's changed where uh, you might have the game for free, but it's monetized because you can buy in-game items. So new armor for your character, new levels, new guns, whatever it might, might be. So this is a use case of blockchain as a way to a track spending in games to ensure that people don't go over limits and also to ensure that people that make new items for said games get compensated and also a way to further monetize and uh, get players gaming by giving out these rewards via tokens. So it really shows that in uh, businesses that are rapidly changing uh, their model going from the one-time purchase to the reoccurring revenue, you can have a role uh, a blockchain to track spending and to ensure that people that contribute to the game get rewarded. And rewarded is the name of the game. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, it, it's it's interesting to note that in early 2016, according to Engine, that its non-blockchain plugin Donation Craft was downloaded 5.1 million times. So I'm just interested to hear you know what what their goal download number is going to be for the uh, blockchain wallet well i'm not sure about that but i think a better goal is to look at the dollar value of what's being spent in the wallet so if you mm. if you track uh that metric and compare that to other ways to monetize these games things like uh payments through uh cell phone plans so that means you can charge it to your you know monthly bill with a cell phone or things like credit cards, if blockchain as a payment method gets close to those or even surpasses them, I think it'll be a huge success. Well, you know, it's often been said that the, the first real mass adoption of cryptocurrency is going to come from the gaming community because this is just really familiar territory, already very well versed and comfortable and familiar with using digital currency. Um, that that creates a, an economy of value within, you know, a, a virtual world, but certainly in the real one. So the lines are certainly blurring uh, in COVID times as well as more and more are finding themselves in the virtual world, uh, literally and figuratively. Um, well, before we go, we, we of course have to talk about the latest in China from our perspective and our vantage point in Asia. We got to talk about it. It's it's our point of expertise. And I want to point out um, just what's happening in uh, the gaming uh, industry as well in China. This is this is a, a little bit more serious, uh, at least from a government point of view. There's some serious addictions uh, when it comes to gaming um, amongst its young people. And it's uh, something that the National People's Congress is uh, trying to figure out uh, how to address. They've been trying to figure it out for, for years. And now what they're proposing, interestingly enough, is the creation of a national blockchain-based anti-addiction platform for video games. Is so this going to work? It will work, actually. It's another use case for blockchain in gaming, however quite different. So you are right. In the last you know couple of years, there's been a big awareness campaign within China about gaming. You know, people, uh, youth especially, get hooked on these games and it's bad for development of their eyes. Uh, it's bad for obesity. The list goes on. So China put forward uh, a while back a, a tracking system where it, they would encourage developers to limit the 
use time of a game on the weeknights to, I think, a half an hour, or sorry, hour and a half, and on the weekends for a bit longer. The problem is that it was all siloed. So one game developer has their system, right? And it tracks the use, use time in their game portfolio. And then developer B, same thing. So if you were done with developer A's games, you could hop over to developer B's games and keep on going despite you, know, you hitting that threshold for time. So with this system, it'll all be centralized. That means every game will have, will create a blockchain record this player played for this long. So that means you can't hop over to different games to reset that clock. It'll be one central ledger that tracks usage uh, and ties it back to your ID. Wow, every parent is seriously thrilled right now. Could this be the answer to finally figuring out how to track the usage uh, and the number of hours that your kid spends on on games? I mean, it's it's unfortunately um, a a real a real a real headache. That, that exactly beyond. Oh my gosh. Yes, to say the least. Um, well, let's talk about our final story here. This this leaked video of the uh, digital currency electronic payment app, uh, the China's digital currency app that, as we've discussed numerous times, that it's in trial phase from the Agricultural Bank of China, that there's a limited set of users. And uh, we've talked about um, how it's being implemented in some cities, a handful of cities that it's being trialed out right now in a pilot project, all building up to a very highly anticipated official launch of the digital uh, renminbi. Are we there yet? We're not quite there yet. So what we've seen with this alleged leak of DCEP's wallet is effectively in an app that replicates the feature set of Alipay and WeChat Pay. So if DCEP were to launch just like this, they would have a very tough time trying to convince people to swap out their one app for a new app, which does the same thing, but not quite better. That being said, the big value of DCEP, I believe, is not for you know paying for uh, retail goods, but rather to help internationalize the RMB. So I mentioned earlier, the US dollar is the top currency for remittances and for doing transactions. The RMB for is actually quite far down that list despite China's size. So this would, if it's you know launched, it would create a new incentive to use the RMB because if you can do a transaction and have that settle a lot faster, that would be great for commerce within Southeast Asia. So. We're not quite at you know the launch yet with Libra's pivot and the slowdown there. There's not the same incentive or urgency to launch DCEP. We're getting there, but I think when it does launch, if it launches with uh, the ability to remit RMB in a very quick manner to do transactions, it will be a very compelling app and platform. You're totally right. If we're talking about app and like for like, you know, what's the difference? But yeah, I'm recalling a conversation that I had with uh, one of our one of our guests, uh, Professor Hood Zigwal, who's an economist and 
uh, currently at the University of Chicago booth, um, but obviously, uh, you know, highly networked and and very uh, very aware, and uh, had some incredible insights on on the CBDC, uh, the China you know, Digital RMB or DCEP, whatever you want to call it, uh, project uh, in China. And he noted this that you know there's one thing that China can do that that we you know we chat or Alipay can't do which is essentially incentivize people to use the RMB that that they that the value could be either inflated or deflated a- accordingly as as it intends people to use it Yes, that certainly would be a way to encourage use. Uh, that and also, you know, having an interest rate perhaps uh, that encourages savings too. So that would create uh, a lot of buy-in. Uh, but let's see if that can definitely usurp the giant of the WeChat Alipay. Um, let's industry. see. Let's see. Let's see. Well, that is something to pick up next week. Let's see where China is. Let's see where America is. Let's see where the digital dollar is, the digital RMB. But blockchain certainly this week is is continuing to make headways uh, in the the gaming industry and potentially uh, making headway in the real world as well. Um, so I want to thank you as usual, our senior correspondent, forecast insights guru, Sam Reynolds, for joining me. Thanks, Sam, as usual. Thank you. Yeah, stay healthy and stay safe. And stay safe, everyone. Indeed, uh, it is, it's a continued wish for all of us. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on this latest episode of The Current Forecast. I'm Angie Lau, Forecast News Editor-in-Chief. Until the next time.